the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, God loves rich people just as much as he likes poor people. The poorest of Americans are richer than most people in this world. You see, the issue is not how much we have, but how we use what we have. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and this is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, and for the past number of broadcasts, he's been in the book of Matthew talking about the death of Lazarus. And what does what he just shared have to do with the death of Lazarus? Well, you're going to find that out if you stay tuned with us. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands, and you can find out more about the church on the web. I encourage you to check them out at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. It tells us the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and it vividly demonstrated Jesus' power over death. This miracle also formed the bridge between Jesus' public ministry that is recorded in the first 10 chapters of the gospel and the chapters that follow, which describe his private ministry to his disciples, and then Passion Week and so forth as he prepares his disciples for his departure. So the, this event both strengthened the disciples' faith and also provided indisputable evidence that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And it also gave additional credence to his repeated claims that he was going to someday rise from the dead. Now, when we last met, uh, we studied the first 16 verses of the chapter. So our study today will begin at verse 17. But I want us to catch the context in which we're going to be studying. So I'm going to begin at the beginning of the chapter and read that, okay? So we're at chapter 11, verse 1 of the Gospel of John. Now, a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. And so the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? And that's what they were doing at the end of the last chapter. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Sleep is good medicine. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, 
so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now this was the portion that we studied last week. Let's look at the next portion of the unfolding story. Now, when Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Now, remember that this gospel was written several decades after the other gospels had been written and circulated. And Luke contains a a portion that mentions Mary and Martha by name and an event that may very well have been their introduction to the person of Jesus Christ, and it gives us insight into their personalities. It's told in Luke chapter 10. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so it reveals the personalities of these sisters. One is a get up and go, make things happen kind of person. The other is more contemplative. Mary's more contemplative. Now, it's possible that Jesus and his disciples often visited the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus as they were doing ministry in Jerusalem. It was close and it was convenient. And it's clear that they were ardent supporters and friends of Jesus. And circumstances would suggest that they were very wealthy. In fact, in the next chapter, chapter 12, verse 3, Mary took a, a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Judas Iscariot took offense at what he considered to be a waste and said, why, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? 300 denarii. Well, a denarii was typical of a working man's daily wage. So 300 of them would have been almost a year's worth of salary. And it would have taken a wealthy person, indeed, to spend a year's salary on perfume. Now, God loves rich people just as much as he likes, loves poor people. Uh, many of the great heroes of the faith were wealthy indeed. People like Abraham, who could have replaced nine kings if he chose to. The five he saved and the four he conquered. Or Moses, who grew up in Pharaoh's palace the greatest empire on the face of the earth at that time. Or King David, who gathered all of the gold and the silver and the precious jewels and the fine timbers in order to build the first great temple. And there were many more. What made these people exceptional was that they loved God more than their wealth. And they used their wealth for God's glory and God's purposes. Now, some people might when I use the word wealthy, think uh, that I'm talking about people who are exceptionally wealthy. People like Bill Gates or the widow of Steve Jobs or Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. But I'm really talking about us, typical Americans. 
Every morning when I get up and I take a warm shower, I thank God. Because I am reminded that only 1% or less of the people of this world have the luxury of taking a warm shower. The poorest of Americans are richer than most people in this world. You see, the issue is not how much we have, but how we use what we have. Do we use it for God's glory and God's purpose or something else? Now, after Jesus' journey from Perea on the other side of the Jordan, he arrives on the outskirts of Bethany and John, the author, gives us an insight here that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, there was a Jewish belief that the soul hovers near the body for about three days. And then when it sees that decomposition, decay is setting in, it finally leaves. And so this is a fact that indicates that a time had been reached when the only hope for Lazarus was a divine act of God. It was something that only God could do. Raise somebody who had been in the tomb, who had been dead for four days. Now, John tells us that Bethany is less than two miles uh, from Jerusalem. Literally, it's 15 stadia. Stade is a Roman measurement of a little more than 600 feet. And so 15 stadia is a little less than two miles And you remember that at that time, people used to walk everywhere they went. Uh, Two miles was not a long walk for those folks. It could be covered easily in 30 or 40 minutes. You could have breakfast, take a walk, console the family, walk back and have lunch in, uh, in Jerusalem. And so John's explanation that Bethany was only two miles from Jerusalem serves a twofold purpose. It highlights the risk that Jesus took in coming so close to Jerusalem, which was a hotbed of murderous opposition to him. And it also explains why there were many Jewish people from Jerusalem that were there consoling the sisters in the loss of Lazarus. It's also another indication that the family was prominent and wealthy, that they have been well known in Jerusalem. And from the human perspective, the mourners were there to comfort the grieving sisters, but from God's perspective, they were there to witness Jesus' miracle. And as a result, not even Jesus' enemies were going to be able to deny what had taken place that day. And normally in Palestine, because of the climate, uh, burials immediately follow death or as quickly as possible. Remember the story in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias lies to the Holy Spirit He immediately dies. Men take him out and bury him. And his wife comes in. She lies to the Holy Spirit. She dies, and she's immediately taken out. He was already dead and buried, and she didn't even know about it. It happens that fast. Now, Barclay mentions that there was a time when a funeral was an exceedingly costly thing. Only the finest spices and ointments were used in preparation of the body, and the body was uh, clothed in magnificent robes, and there were valuables, all kinds of valuables that were put in the tomb along with the body. And the neighbors didn't want to be outdone by each other, so there was a competition who could have the wealthiest funeral. And uh, it got more and more 
extravagant until finally Rabbi Gamaliel uh, gave orders that when he passed away, he was to be buried in the simplest of linen robes. And I am told that to this day, at a Jewish funeral, a cup is drank in appreciation to Rabbi Gamaliel for breaking that custom. Well, we've come down to the end of another all-too-brief visit from Pastor Leighton Sheely, and we will be back tomorrow with more. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. You can find all of the past messages on the website. Just click on the messages link on the homepage, and the archives will open up to you. That's highlands.us, plus information about service times and directions to the church. If you're looking for a church home somewhere where you can worship and you can serve, I encourage you to check out Church of the Highlands. The service times begin on Saturday evening, go through Sunday morning, several services on Sunday morning, and then another service on Sunday evening, plus activities throughout the week. Again, those details are on the web at highlands.us, or give them a call at 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today, and come back tomorrow for more Study in God's Word, verse by verse.